0: Hey, Real Nerds, There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds Podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at RealNerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6Nerds5. Like us on Facebook at RealNerdsPodcast or tweet us at RealNerds. And now on with the show.
1: camera,
2: action!
0: Well, a real nerd
2: knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real
1: nerd can Doesn't talk through film. I'm sorry. sorry Take it outside. I'm
0: well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot.
2: It's Real Nerds Podcast, the best movie podcast on the internet, and I'm pretty sure we're one of just like 5 of them. I'm Ryan, and joining me for 12 years now is Brad.
0: Hey. <laughs> what's up?
2: Uh, what's the what's a horse's favorite meal?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Hey. Oh. <laughs> you can't do that to me. My brain still hurts.
2: <laughs> Every week, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw John Wick, Chapter 4. Stay tuned, because we will tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then talk about and spoil the film. We also dive into stuff we've been watching and some movie news. Brad, you you seem like you're on the mend, but you still have like a frog in your throat, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, my voice sounds all weird, but otherwise I'm fine. Just like the last remnants, huh? I guess so. Um, I mean, you've
2: only been sick for like two months. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one month. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and that's weird. You didn't even fly on an airplane. Usually that's a telltale sign when you're going to get sick.
0: Yeah. But you know, my Instacart job, I'm just constantly out and about in front of other people. So, true. Bound to run into somebody who's just confidence, but actually, quite often I'll be in an aisle and someone just like full on you know cough or sneeze right in front of everyone else with like in- complete impunity it doesn't cover the mouth it's just like you are a 40-year-old person you're disgusting
2: <laughs> i i i had this really weird interaction yesterday when i was at a grocery store i was checking out and the kid who was doing the checkout um has a uh mental disability um but he was working really hard and he told me um he said Today's been a really tough day for me. And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bud." Said, "Yeah, one of our baristas died." <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> said, "Oh, that's really tough." And then he said, "Yeah, she's only 30 years old and she has a 5-year-old kid. I mean, what's that kid going to think that her mom's dead?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what's happening?
0: Yeah, it roped into some drama. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, that was that was my weird day. <laughs> And I, I just don't think, um, the, the kid understood, you know, maybe you don't talk to strangers about that stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's like one of those, uh, like company policies, like don't, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, yeah
2: like I don't think that's what you should be saying to me. Like, you know, in my job, if I, uh, find like a dead body, <laughs> it's not, I don't tell anybody.
0: I know you don't no. take pictures and send them to your friends like, <laughs> no. hey, look how my day's going.
2: Uh, you know what? When is, I'll tell you a, a horrible story, and I'll leave out names and, like, the agency and stuff, but I do investigations, backgrounds for people that are prospective hires. And this one guy worked at another police department, and he got dismissed. And when I did his background, it was literally that he took a picture of a crime scene with a body and sent it to one of his friends. Like, dude, what the fuck? Wow. Um, yeah, uh, I did not hire that person. Um, <laughs> and I, all I could think of, and this is the bad person in me, is that meme where that dude's like standing next to the grave giving like the peace sign. Yeah,
0: that's Greg Gustin. Could, yeah. yeah.
2: That's all <laughs> I can
0: think of. Pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But I'm like, well, I don't know why that would possess anybody to do that. And I just I don't know, it was a really unusual and awkward conversation. I didn't know what to say.
0: <laughs> uh hey, I don't trust you to do, you, do your job properly. It seems pretty easy. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Given that you're like sharing confidential information to your buds. Like
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, but I mean the kid when I was checking out, oh. I didn't even know what to say to him. Um I was just in there, uh okay. Yeah. it's
0: it's so weird how lax like um like when i was doing that kind of job you know i was told like you know don't get in customers ways you know like 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 them get to the whatever they're doing first and like when i'm shopping i'm constantly being like interrupted by like carts move like being pushed around and i don't know it's just
2: yeah yeah it's um yeah and i mean i don't think the kid like meant to do it i mean i just just uh But, you know, it's just really awkward. Yeah. And I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that's that's my story for the day. I I just didn't know what to say to him anymore.
0: Just go all in and like, how did they die? (laughs) 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 Don't give me more details.
2: (laughs) Anywho, this week we saw John Wick, Chapter 4. Brad, do you recommend the fourth chapter of John Wick?
0: Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, a, a, a two and a half hour um, movie that's two hours of straight action. Um, <laughs> wow, that was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, if, if, it, it, it's really just a, a conclusion movie. So there's no setup for new stuff. Um, there's very little dialogue um it's it's all about resolutions and yeah uh really yes, I'm not kidding like two hours of straight action fights um and it's all it's it's gorgeous to look at um a lot of it's pretty creative and um yeah it's great,
2: I agree one hundred percent with you I think it's tons of fun the two and a half hours actually fly by mm-hmm. and
0: and I wanted more,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: when it got to the end, I was like oh, keep going but what's
2: cool' Uh Well, I guess we'll talk about in the, the ending is really cool. And I'll, I'll explain why in the spoiler part, but yeah, it's super cool. And I read an article today that Keanu Reeves says like 380 words in the whole movie. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's
2: only like a hundred lines of dialogue, which that's he, he, I guess needs. he, per- yeah, which he, uh, purposely made happen. So I think that's cool. Um, Kinda of like Nicolas Cage and Drive Angry. <laughs> Anywho, here's the trailer for John Wick, chapter 4.
0: This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Woke up this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. You got and so it begins.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you know I'm living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine, I hope you got
2: challenge you into single combat.
1: If you win, you will have your freedom.
2: And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so... Amen.
1: Yeah.
2: You ain't real old, y'all feel the wrath of never. You got yourself, 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 Many try, many die, if you want gonna walk. Get it bloody.
1: The only way John Wick will ever have freedom And peace
0: Is in death Yeah, not really
2: the chapter of John Wick picks up right after the third one where if you remember John Wick was shot by the manager off the continental and falls to his not death where he's picked up by the bowery king played by Lawrence Fishburne and then he goes in underground and punches a board really hard and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's getting psyched up
0: for his two-hour fight.
2: True. True. And, uh, and yeah, so Lawrence Fishburne shows up after I don't know how much time has passed. And he's like, hey, still a forty-two long, or just has a suit or something. And then Keanu Reeves just looks at the camera. And then the next shot is him chasing down dudes and shooting them on horseback. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going back to the elder that took his finger in the last one and
0: was it the same guy because i thought he said like i'm an elder but i'm not the one from last time
2: yeah i mean i can't place him even though i watched it at alamo and they had that like 30 minute recap i couldn't even remember like, is that the same guy i don't know um but yeah so then anyways he goes on a mission to kill uh everybody and guns i need lots of guns <laughs> and uh you know bill skarsgard's there um and he's some french dude who's the marquis de cramo cramon and i guess he's part of this table that i don't remember ever hearing about before but i guess yeah the high table these... yeah uh, so i uh, full disclosure i've seen the movies and i've watched them a couple times i still don't really know what the fuck is going on um,
0: I really think with, it's a, a world that is just populated by assassins.
2: Yeah, that's all I can think of. I just <laughs> remember the the first one was like, why do they get Mario coins all the time? And I, uh, and this one, they have the coins. and But because John Wick was given this special coin, he can ask for a favor. I don't know what the fuck's going on. All I know is that these assassins are trying to kill him because he tried to get out. And they killed his uh, dog in the first one, and he's still pissed about it. And then well, they try to kill him, so he's even more pissed.
0: Well, for and this then one,
2: kill the concierge. <laughs> what the fuck?
0: Well, for this one, he sets off uh, the Marquis de Grammont because he kills someone like a high elder, so that yeah. gets the attention of the high table. And Then, meanwhile, Winston um, is being punished for letting him escape, so they destroy his hotel and murder. Um, shit. What's his name? Yeah, the
2: the concierge, or I forget what his what's his real name in the film, like like or something.
0: Yeah, Sharon.
2: I think Sharon. Sharon. There we go. Yeah, which is really sad because I mean it it was a little because you know Louis Riddick or not Louis Riddick, uh, Lance Lance Riddick died. I don't know two weeks ago. Yeah, you go. Oh man, (laughs)
0: little uh, uh premonition. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and then he just, dude, the uh, the the action's fucking incredible in this film. Um, and I need to get myself, you know, one of those suits they have. All you have to do is, like, hold it up and it stops every fucking bullet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they set that up in the second one. They did. Um, yeah.
2: But I like that, um, I like the aesthetic of the film, too. There's lots of, like, uh, reds and blues and greens, depending on where they're at.
0: Yeah, it uh, looks gorgeous.
2: The oh, yeah. The fight in the continental, uh, Osaka was freaking dope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but going back uh, to the suits, I, I it's, it's, it's interesting. They're not trying for more headshots, given that they all know that they have like special <laughs> Kevlar suits. Yeah. Um, they're just like still shooting in the chest and everything.
2: But you um, see, they dodge their, with their head really fast. So, <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, yeah, the fights, fights are gorgeous. And I'm not kidding. Like, it's like half an hour to an hour long stretches of just straight up action oh, yeah. scenes.
2: And like the characters are cool because I mean John Wick is cool because he's like this silent assassin who's um, you know he kind of just takes care of business and then when they introduce the other assassins they each have their own little you know uh, quirk.
0: Yeah, uh, there's like, a, Don,
2: like Donnie that... Yen is Kane who's blind. It's, yeah. Like his fight in the kitchen is fucking awesome.
0: I know he busts out those like sensors so they they can alert him to when people are moving. That was great.
2: And they, and it's cool too. If you, uh, if you, he's such a great actor and so great in this, uh, fighting. If you watch him as he's going, you can see him use his actual cane to feel around and see where things are at. And dude, it's fucking him. It's super impressive watching him act and fight and, um, I just I thought it was dope and even Hiroki Sonata he's so I mean he's badass as you know Scorpion and he's super cool in this Um, he's just uh, he's like one of those actors I always like seeing in films because I think he has such a presence
0: Mm.
2: and he's also fucking badass
0: (laughs) and then there's that other assassin uh, who's got the dog with him
2: Um, yeah uh, the tracker guy
0: yeah it's fun, like he—he's
2: watch- he, just waiting for the the bounty on Wick to go up.
0: Yep. <laughs> so he'll change allegiances to make that happen. So if Wick needs his help, he'll help him, and if uh, you know, the payment's right, he'll go after Wick. And yeah, um, it's... it was fun watching that trade off, and then um, also watching him by the end team up with Donnie Yen, uh, because mm-hmm. like, he, like that's the solution is to kill each other, but the fact that they're forced in a position where they have to work together to get to that point was like,
2: exactly because, uh, Kane, he doesn't want to do it, but they're forcing him because they're threatening to kill his daughter. And so he doesn't want to fight either. And, you know, the culmination of it, uh, I mean, we're skipping quite a bit, but the fight on the stairs in Paris, holy shit.
0: Twice. Yeah.
2: Twice, uh, where they help each other. Um, I mean, just, I guess the whole Paris, sequence is incredible but they even have i just love that each uh moment of the film and each fight is so unique you know so you start kind of at the beginning where he's tracking people down and then when you go to japan it's uh in that like i don't know artifact room yeah and it's cool and then when they go to uh russia or something i think it's russia and he fights like that, like super obese dude who's really good.
0: <laughs> Which I guess is like a famous uh, stunt guy in a fat suit. But that's the other thing is like with that world, I think it's just assassins because everyone dancing seems nonplussed about what's going on. <laughs> like all these yeah. people are being murdered around them and they're just still dancing. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. That was a brutal fight. Um,
2: yeah. So it's Scott Atkins and Atkins. And yeah, he's uh,
0: he's been doing, a, like a lot yeah, of bad ass stuff.
2: Yeah, he's in tons of stuff. You're right. Yeah, he's like a big. You're right. He's like a big stunt guy. So that's cool. And that, I mean, that fight was awesome because, you know, people are expecting like the super fat guy to not be good, and he's like this badass martial artist. And yep. Um, and I, I, when I saw the in the theaters, and when he died, people in my theater went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he falls right on his cranium. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, yeah, Uh, and then you know, when he gets to Paris, man, it's that. So, the Arc de Triomphe fight is fucking sweet (laughs) where they're fighting in between all the cars.
0: Yeah, which again,
2: (laughs) yeah, that's what I mean. Like,
0: it lasts for so long and no one pulls over or stops driving. There's like, I
2: I need to get where I need to go.
0: (laughs) I must get to my bakery.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I must go make Um. some cheese. uh so that's badass but the next part where he goes into the abandoned warehouse or whatever or apartment complex
0: for the top down fight uh... yeah
2: like the top down fight it reminded me a lot of those old school uh isometric video games isometric video games where you know you're you have to kill clean out a room with the bad guys and you're shooting guns and random things yeah and he got that gun shotgun that lit people on fire after they got shot yeah i mean it seems uh, you know, extra I mean extra, but it looked cool,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing to watch, and then he jumps out of another high rise and lands on the ground, okay, which I was like dude's yep. <laughs> a superhero, but i'm 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 still in um, yeah
2: I, I think uh, with these movies, because I think the world building is really dense and it doesn't you have to keep so many things in order, like I said, I still' am not sure hundred percent what's going on um with all the fluff i mean i know that they're trying to stop john wick i get that he's trying to be free like that's basically all you need to know but But the other stuff i i feel like i'm missing things i don't know
0: i'm still confused as to why the manager of osaka's hotel like why donnie killed him at all like didn't seem like he was much of an impediment to like getting to john wick you know like, yeah, John had I, already I, escaped.
2: Yeah, I'm guessing it's because it's to show he means business. I don't know. <laughs> Your yeah. guess is as good as mine.
0: Well, if you stay for the um, end credits, it kind of bites him in the ass, but yeah.
2: Yeah, which I don't know if it's setting up a spin off or what, but I mean, I'd see a whole movie just called Kane with him. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, that uh, top-down fight, and then, you know, then they fight on the stairs, and then I really like that the last fight was just literally a duel because it slowed everything down, but it was like really suspenseful and you could feel the tension. Um, and it was just a a really cool way to end the movie.
0: Yeah, as uh, I was constantly of sitting there wondering like how he gets out of this, and spoilers, he kind of doesn't.
2: No, he. Uh, I mean, one of his longest exchanges in the whole movie is where a a loving husband that's what i want on my gravestone a loving husband and i mean john wick dies at the end and he's buried next to his wife with that gravestone
0: which i was totally surprised by because he got shot and then he gets his revenge but then he walks away i'm like well yeah he's alive and he's hurt uh but he'll be fine and he sits on the steps i was like oh my they're at You're actually going to kill John Wick. (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it it takes, it it takes balls. And I mean, obviously they have a way out for sure. Um, because you never actually see like him buried or anything. Um, you know, it could be like MacGruber. He shows up and he digs out the coffin and it's full of guns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess it could just be a, a, you know, for appearances, but, um,
2: I, I did read that, uh, the producers of it are begging keanu reeves to come back i wonder why <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i think and he's gonna be in that it. uh ballerina show or movie but yeah i, know, I think they should just let it go because
2: i you know i i think so too i mean i think the four are cool it has a cool arc um and i i, look, I do applaud the filmmakers for being that ballsy you know um my biggest complaint about the batman is they had a chance to kill Alfred and make it mean something, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still love that film. I'm just saying that that's the one little critique I had of it where they could have killed Alfred, and, it w- and if it stuck, it would have been huge. This film fucking kills John Wick, and I think if they stick to it, I think it's a pretty great series, and having four films over 10, 11 years, I think a good run.
0: Yeah, because you'd have to start some new trauma for him to get him back in the game and so like that would just diminish you know they, they wrapped everything up in this one like there's no reason to yeah like open that book like you'd be signing on for another three or four films to accomplish that and just yeah it seems kind of weak and uh an obvious cash grab
2: yeah i think they're safer if they want to continue to do the world like this might get that they might think that keanu reeves is i mean he's going to be hard to replace but i mean they're doing that ballerina spinoff i i'd see a movie with kane
0: you know yeah i feel like he, you fleshed out started, a pretty deep enough world to this point you can just uh yeah. focus on other things within it
2: because i think it'd be cool if you start a kane movie picking up right where the end credits uh, tag is Where that lady goes to stab him and then they just break out in a huge fight. And then
0: he gets away from it somehow
2: gets away from it. And her mission is to track him down and she sends assassins after him or something. Yeah. And then he's the one who gets the bounty. I think that'd work.
0: Yeah. And you can learn more about the whole continental system and
2: yeah, call me Lionsgate. (laughs) I'm free. Ish. So yeah, no, this movie's fucking awesome. I had a lot of fun seeing it.
0: Yeah, it's probably my favorite of the four.
2: Uh, uh, it's definitely my favorite. Of the four. Like, I like the other ones a lot, but this is, yeah, this one's definitely my favorite of the four. I just, because it's just, I think it's super creative and it's balls to the wall. Like, awesome.
0: Yeah, like, this is the one I think of. Like, if I want to go back and watch anything, it's, it's this collection of stunts and cinematography. Like, that's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And movies like this just prove there should be a
2: stunt category in the Academy Awards. I Recognize just... how fucking hard these dudes worked on this movie, you know.
0: Yeah, it's incredible at this point that yeah, they ha- still haven't gotten around to with all the changes they've made to the Academy in the past few years, they still haven't bothered to include it. Like no. I'm sure it's like, oh, we don't want the show to be even longer if you know by adding awards, but still, it's like such a important part of their industry. Um Exactly. Okay. Um and yeah I don't know how you'd vote on that like
2: <laughs> yeah from a, from a I mean, I quality either, perspective
0: but, I mean... but yeah it's still like they should get like that part of the business should be included somehow I agree in that celebration I agree because
2: it, the ironic thing is, is they're even doing them during the show when they do you know dance numbers and Choreographed stuff during the show. I'm mean, like, we're really doing stunt work here. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what do we know? Nothing.
0: Maybe there's afraid hey. that Tom Cruise will sweep it every year. <laughs> well, it's kind of. I so mean, we're going to make an award for Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, they should
2: call it the Tom Cruise Stunt Award. Yeah,
0: like the Irving G. Thalberg Award. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, I still think. Uh, Top Gun should have won movie of the year but that's just me and that's not to take away from everything everywhere all at once I think that's a great film but I think Top Gun is the best movie of the year
0: well if you think about it like I don't know if I'd want to win best picture every year because if you look at the list of like how many people are watching those best pictures over and over again yeah like they're great but they're not exactly people's go-tos for that's what rewatches
2: I mean. <laughs> I know they don't really matter in the long run, but I always think that's always going to be the Academy's biggest hang up is they're so pretentious and they're so like into themselves that they will never let a film like that. win. you hear them talk about it all the time, they purposely didn't want Angela Bassett to win for Wakanda forever. Cause it's a comic book movie and you're right. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But what do we know? Nothing. And we're not part of that elitist
0: group eventually those uh old hollywood types will be gone and the new people will
2: yeah you know it's, it's naturally gonna happen is, i do see the cracks in it because um that rrr's song won music of uh best song of the year and a couple other things that come through i go oh wow they're actually diversifying <laughs> yeah
0: and everything <laughs> everywhere all at once is still kind of like a subversive you know oh, like yeah. action movie so
2: yeah i mean it's it's one of those films that i would never thought could win because you're right it's literally a comic book movie but it's
0: classier <laughs>
2: yeah because it's supposedly classier i don't know about two rocks talking is classier than anything i've seen in spider-man but um, <laughs> and i'm not i'm not knocking that film i'm just saying that their view i think is very uh nearsighted um to what they think is a good movie because you know stuff like crash that movie's a piece of shit <laughs>
0: um,
2: <laughs> the english patient is fucking boring green book yeah green book you know there's so many instances where you know why did black panther not beat green book you know what i mean so anywho let's unpack some movie news it's real news. Uh not much in the the way of Hollywood. Um but I did watch the uh gameplay trailer for the new Legend of Zelda and it looks really interesting.
0: Did you Ooh, have a yeah. chance to see it, Brad? I haven't. I just woke up before we did this podcast.
2: <laughs> oh man. So um I got excited one... when I
0: saw the uh promo for Asteroid City. And that's all I got fixated on.
2: <laughs> uh, one, the game looks incredible. Um, and the the big new gameplay mechanic, because I know you played Breath of the Wild for like 800 hours. Of
0: course. Um, it's the minimum amount you have to play that game for.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, but this new, Link has a couple new abilities. And I uh, one is he can now fuse objects together. And by fusing objects together creates stronger weapons or um, the the producer of the game was showing that. So he uh, went to attack an enemy and he hit it with a stick and, you know, in the breath of the wild, the sticks break really easily. So he showed you how you had to, you know, kill this one weak enemy with two sticks and um, because they break. And then he picked up a stick and fused it with a rock to make a hammer and made it a stronger um weapon. And then he went around and he put a mushroom on his shield. And then when the uh, enemy hit it, it created like a smoke cloud to confuse the enemy. And then Link ran behind him and was able to slash him with his sword for an easy kill. And you can fuse uh, other objects in the land to make it either uh a vehicle or some other object. It's pretty
0: cool. Um Sounds cool.
2: Yeah, it's and he was showing this as, yeah, because, you know, stamina is was the hardest thing to get used to in Breath of the Wild for me. And um, he was showing that it's still there, but now you have tools to help you traverse the world. Because um, he was showing this huge river, and he, he built a boat with some logs and this fan by fusing them all together, and he's able to go across. Wow. Um yeah, and uh, he also has this uh, recall power where there's islands that are above the world, and if you watch, you can see rocks fall from the islands, and then you, when you find that rock, you h- use his recall power, and it takes you up to the islands that are above. Um, he also has the ability to... Uh, if there's a ceiling, uh, you can like go through... Th- the ceiling and on top of it so that's a way to get to the top of mountains too if there's an actual um ceiling to the mountain and you can go through a cave so there's ways to traverse the world faster and it just i mean it looks freaking incredible um he also announced that it's done and it's gonna be released when they said so that's cool too
0: better be i reordered it um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it I'm watching it right now. So it looks like it's the same map as the original game, but just, uh, new stuff in it and the, obviously the sky parts. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. It's, I was uh, saying
0: before that they should just keep the same map or either extend it past where, like where you could have got before or add on to it. So
2: yeah. And that's what it kind of looks like. Cause it looks like it's bigger. He, there's a part in that gameplay where he jumps off one of those islands. And I mean, it looks gigantic. The world. So, um, yeah, it, it looks really fun and it's, uh, one of the most impressive games that's on the switch for sure. Um, and what I love about the Zelda series is they're always so good at innovating and taking what you like about the previous entry and building on it, whether it's, uh, Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask and now, uh, you know, Breath of Wild to Tears of the Kingdom I think is really cool, um.
0: Yeah. So I, I I'm excited. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with developers taking their time and putting out the best possible oh, thing totally. than trying to meet a rather than trying to meet a deadline because they think the fans just need to be satiated.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one thing. So there's two companies that I love for this. One is Nintendo um because yeah, I mean they might tease you a little bit with, you know, the new Legend of Zelda game, but they don't put a date out until they know that they can meet it, you know. And uh, the guys who make Mortal Kombat are the same way. Um, so there's a new Mortal Kombat supposed to come out this year. And they didn't want to announce it because usually what happens is Ed Boon will announce it. And then the game comes out like in three months because they're almost done with it, um, which I think is a cool way to do it instead of I mean, how many times I mean, it's a running joke now with Assassin's Creed um where like it's coming out this year and then they postpone it or even the new suicide squad game
0: um yeah you know yeah. it's so just, we just, just you we were just talking recently you were just talking recently about how there has been a, a sequel to Mario Odyssey you know since yeah. the switch came out and it's like hopefully it's that's because they're just trying to make like the the next like i said just making an odyssey 2 with like hey it's the same game but new you know maps and everything mm-hmm. um they're trying to figure out how to like make their weapon fuse addition to it like how's it going to be different and so if that takes like five or six years then so be it
2: exactly and we can be okay because just like you know link appears in you know uh other games whether it's uh what's the hyrule one um
0: hyrule warriors
2: yeah so he's in that or mario's in the rabbits or you know mario kart um or you know new super mario brothers but Yeah, I'm cool with them taking their time if they make a cool game Um, because I'd rather have that. I'd rather have an experience, and I think that's why Nintendo is the best video game developer on the planet because no matter what, all their games is an experience, Um, and I I can't wait for that game. I really can't.
0: I just watched the uh, add an eyeball to an arrow, and it'll become a homing arrow. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hell, yeah. Yeah, there's just, like, ways to help. You know, the, my only criticism of Breath of the Wild is I thought the controls got cumbersome at some points. Um, but, you know, if you play it enough, you kind of get used to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think the game looks great, and I think that the new gameplay style is uh, really cool.
0: Wow, like, they literally just... Like, when you said fused, I thought, you know, it's like it gets broken down and like spread over like it it morphs the uh the weapons but literally it's those two things added together like the mushroom is just sitting on top of the shield
2: yep (laughs) and have you got to the pitchfork and the long stick yet yeah (laughs) that's really all it is i think it i think it's cool like it's a new element to the game
0: yeah the stone the stick i thought like oh he grounds up the stone and like spreads it over the uh Stick, but it really it's a stick with a rock stuck to the front of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and there's a rock on the shield. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool.
2: So yeah, that that's my big news of the week. I I, I thought that looked really cool. Um,
0: yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm I I'm a little frustrated of when I'm going to find time to play this much, but yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm at. So I'm trying to beat my games, and the problem is, is I'm getting a lot of. I'm not. This is this is a. first world problem complaint um so I've been playing Midnight Suns the Marvel game and it's really fun and it's really deep and I've been playing it for like 50 hours and I'm not even done with like the third act and I think there's four acts in the game and I go man I still have so much to do and I have Resident Evil 4 remake coming today and so fuck I get all (laughs) these games um Because when you get older, you get more busy. And, you know, maybe one. I do. Laura's going to New York for three days and I can't work because I have to take care of my kid. And he's in school for two of those days. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and it's May 12th, too. Oh, fuck. Yeah.
0: Well, look at you looking out like that.
2: (laughs) Fucking A. I'll be able to play it for a few hours. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my big news story of the week was Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Which I, I saw that you were able to procure a limited edition, and now when you click uh, anywhere to find them, it is sold out everywhere. I'm
0: telling you, get that uh Hotstock app; it'll let you know when it's available again. Yeah, I'm watching this. him build the raft. It's crazy.
2: I know it's awesome, huh?
0: Like, well, yeah, even put like the turbines on it. It's just like, yeah, and they
2: just. Yeah, sorry. They do this fun little thing where he shows you the other vehicles that they've created. And that's all with you fusing items around the world.
0: It was hard enough just to like, um, figure out how to fight stuff (laughs) with what you have, but like adding this whole element of like, you're, you're kind of like a, a a maker builder in the world is going to be like, wow, I have my, I have my work cut out for me.
2: But yeah, I, I mean, it's what's cool too, though, is that the possibilities could be endless, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how it all plays out.
0: It looks like you you could build your own flying device to bypass that whole rewind thing.
2: Yep. Yeah, there's because I, I, he mentions a balloon, so I'm guessing though you have to progress a little farther to get the items to build the balloon. But the um yeah, I mean, it's there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's cool. Can't wait.
2: Yeah. Cool. This is what we've been watching.
1: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Hey nerds, Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I talk about something cool I've been watching lately. Although, for the next several weeks, I'm going to be talking about Ted Lasso and or The Mandalorian, because both of these shows are out to kill me right now. They both premiere within like six hours of each other between Tuesday night and Wednesday morning and I just, my heart, my heart can't take much more of this. Thankfully we only have a couple more weeks of this overlap, but um, yeah, so this week I'm just briefly going to touch on Ted Lasso. I won't spoil anything um, today, but I will be getting into Mandalorian Season 3 spoilers, immediately afterwards so just a heads up so for Ted Lasso I'm really uh we have two episodes out right now I'm loving it so far and I do want to do a Ted Lasso season three prediction uh post for the website so if you're into Ted Lasso at all please keep an eye out for that on the website that will be coming soon um yes I do know some of the things that are legitimately going to happen um based on like the trailers and the um, set photos I've seen, but I'm looking, I want to look more at, like, the overall storylines for the characters and, like, where I think they're going to end up by the season finale or series finale, really. So, um, yeah, please keep an eye out on the website for my Ted Lasso season three predictions. Okay, on to The Mandalorian. Again, spoilers for season three of The Mandalorian. Three, two, one, Mythosaur. Oh boy, guys. I I got to agree with all of the people on the internet, all the critics who are like, what is even happening with this show? Um, so last night the fourth episode of this third season dropped. So we are literally halfway through the season already and I still have no idea what we're doing, no idea where we're going. <laughs> like what what is happening? Um, I just, I mean, with season one and season two, there was this clear overarching story of, you know, Mando returning Grogu to his own kind, to the Jedi. And, you know, obviously with the season two finale and then the book of Boba Fett, It's ridiculous. We have to talk about that. But anyway, um, but the, the, the whole premise of the show kind of got turned on its head after that happened. So it's like, okay, so the show now is not about Mando eventually returning Grogu to his own kind. It's about Mando fully adopting Grogu as his kid and raising him as a a fellow Mandalorian. Okay, not a bad premise, but (laughs) it's just, I feel like we need some kind of a direction. And I think they're doing that with the, I think they're going to try to do like a reclaiming Mandalore storyline. At least that's where I think it's going based on, you know, Bo-Katan seeing the Mythosaur, and, like, so much of, of episode two was dedicated to, um, kind of, like, the history of Mandalore and, and how sad it is that it's gone now, and I think there's a line in one of the trailers where Din's talking about, like, our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy, and and so my guess was that season three was going to be about Din just yeah, like, basically rallying all of the Mandalorians, whether it was his covert or, like, Bo-Katan's group, to reclaim Mandalore and to kind of, you know, to rebuild it and start taking back, um, what was once theirs. And based on what happened in episode two, I really felt like that's the forward momentum we have now. But then, see, like, episode three completely derailed it. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, if you guys saw episode three, you know what I'm talking about, but Episode 3, like, we take this 45-minute detour with this minor antagonist from a previous season. Not a bad idea in general, just to see, like, more of the world building and more of, you know, what the overarching threat could be to our group of heroes, but it just feel it felt like it came at a really, really weird time. And then with episode 4 um we're getting more of this kind of ensemble sort of feel with again it's not a bad idea on paper just to like see Bo-Katan kind of becoming part of uh Din's covert and like sort of maybe going back to her roots as a Mandalorian arguably of like the whole we don't take off our helmets and and we're very religious and all this um but I I really just don't think the season has any direction it it does it does feel like a lot of setup, which could pay off later. And if it does, I'll eat my own hat. But I really just don't, I just don't know where the show is going. And the fact that, again, spoilers. But in one of the trailers, we see that uh, Ma- the Mandalorians are dropping down onto Navarro after it's been taken over by pirates, paying off some of the stuff that was set up in Episode One. Which, again, that feels like such a needless side quest now. But, um, it really just, you know, at least with season two, I felt like there was forward momentum from one episode to the next, right? Like, the connective tissue from one tied into two, and then two directly tied into three, you know, with, like, Din returning the Frog Lady to her planet, and then Bo-Katan sent him on to find ahsoka in episode four and then episode four you know ahsoka told din to go to this other planet and so every episode kind of tied into the next one but then with this season so far it's just been kind of just pointless i i I really thought that we were going to get the bulk of the season was going to be about din going back to mandalore like, it was going to be a lot of build-up, and, like, Man, like his return to Mandalore was going to be at the end of the season, or, or toward the end of the season, and it was going to be a lot of build-up about, you know, how important his creed is to him, and, like, why he needs to reclaim, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and then episode two happened, and it was like, oh, okay, so I guess, you know, we kind of shifted more into, um, from Din kind of redeeming himself in the eyes of his creed, to okay, Din and Bo Katan are going to reclaim Mandalore, but then like season or episode three derailed that, like we're just kind of completely shifted focus. And then episode four, I guess we again, we could still kind of be getting that, like with just more character work with Bo Katan and her kind of integrating into the covert. But if if episode five or and or six, which I'm guessing is going to be about the um. The Mandalorian's helping to retake Navarro. It's like, wh- what is the point? Where is this going? And I, I hate to give the the dumb neckbeards on the internet credit for anything, but I think they might be right when they complain about how much screen time Bo-Katan is getting, and they're like, they're trying to make her a co-lead character. I honestly kind of see it. I do think she's gotten a lot of screen time relative to how important she was in the show The Mandalorian up to this point. Yes, obviously she's been big in other Star Wars shows. You know, she first debuted in The Clone Wars and then she was in Rebels. But, and and, yeah, she's an important figure in the Star Wars Mandalorian lore because she is a member of the Mandalorian royal family, essentially. But she is taking up a lot of screen time in this show and and again, not a bad thing. I'm interested to see where all of this is going. And like I said, it can be built up and and it could be paid off and I I will be happy when it does. But right now, I'm just very nervous because this show does not seem to have the forward momentum of the previous seasons. I, the emotional core between Din and Grogu is still there but I just, it just it feels a little different now and so far I'm not liking it um and especially if like I said we're gonna have like a whole episode dedicated to the Mandalorians retaking Navarro it's like
0: ugh,
1: what is the point where is this going I think part of the problem is that Dave Filoni, I think, said in an interview that they're looking to have, you know, four or five, maybe six seasons of The Mandalorian. So with the premise of the show changing drastically between seasons two and three, you know, instead of Din trying to return Grogu to his own kind, now it's more about Din fully adopting Grogu as a Mandalorian, that season three is now going to be set up for all of these later seasons. And on on paper, not bad, not a bad plan. And obviously you have to do something to kind of transition from the premise that you had in seasons one and two into these later seasons that they're planning. But again, I feel like we, we should have had something. And just the fact that the first episode was so disjointed and felt so off, and then the second episode was better, um, and said, you know, had this really good cliffhanger, but then season, or sorry, episode three completely shifted gears and took focus away from everything else. I, <sighs> I, I kind of am losing faith in, in, in the showrunners. I, I don't want to say in Star Wars as a brand because the Bad Batch is really, really good right now. But, um, I guess I, I do have a lot of questions and um, concerns, to be honest, because we are halfway through season three and halfway through season one and halfway through season two, I felt like we had better direction, better momentum. And with season three, that is not the case. I don't know where they're going. I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, sorry, I'm just rambling right now. Um, but I just wanted to share my concerns and and uh, hopefully the the second half of the season will be much better. So I will talk to you guys next time, possibly about Ted Lasso, possibly bitching about the Mandalorian again, or more likely talking about the two-part Bad Batch episode and kind of looking back on the Bad Batch season two, which, like I said, has been really good so far. So I'll check in with you guys next time about something. And uh, take care. Until then, bye.
0: Brad, what'd you watch this week? A lot of stuff. I'm going to give you a rundown you can pick.
1: Okay,
2: sounds good.
0: Uh, whiskey tango foxtrot, red dawn, or Tetris?
2: Who Tetris? Because I think that movie looks really fun.
0: Yeah, it is fun. Um, it's probably the best version you could do of a story that's just about contract negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally a lot of the movie is them just, uh, traveling and complaining that the contracts are invalid and I kind of rolled my eyes when they add this uh, CGI car chase scene to the end because um, I just felt like there was a conversation <laughs> with the producers where they're like it's just a lot of people in rooms talking we got to amp it up a bit and the director's like well I put all these like video game graphics on a lot of like the normal scenes like what else can we do it's like well we need an action sequence um, and we can't do Dudes running around shooting each other. So how about a car chase? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the big action seat at the end, um, is them <laughs> in like a little Russian car trying to escape. Um, so that was kind of funny, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, uh, it's a fun, like I kind of already knew the story. Um, but seeing all the gaps filled in and everything and, uh, they They really do make people standing in rooms complaining that contracts are invalid way more interesting than it should be <laughs> um, you know there's the, the element often
2: screenwriter,
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, for people listening, um it's about Hank Rogers who um was like in Vegas showing off his computer version of the game go, and then. Uh, no one's buying it. So he wanders around the floor and stumbles onto this other game called Tetris, which has been out for like four years, but it's because made in Russia, it kind of belongs to the government. So it hasn't really made it outside of Russia, uh, even though it's super popular. So, um, this company at this trade show is selling it. And so he sells Hank the rights to it in just Japan because they haven't sold those rights yet. And then, you know, Hank's on board. He's like selling it to, uh, banks and getting loans and trying to like get it out there. And then he finds out that everything he's been sold is like a lie because this, uh, British media company, um, run by like, um, uh, I forget his name. Um, but he's like a Rupert, Mur- Rupert, Mur- Rupert, Mur- Rupert Murdoch of the time. Um, mm-hmm. they own the rights to it and, uh, they've been s- selling it without actually owning the rights. So basically, Hank ends up going to Russia to, se- uh, once he finds out that the Game Boy is coming out, he goes to Russia to secure, like, yeah, no one has the handheld rights yet because they don't, ex- yeah, no one thought that there's going to be a handheld. So he tries to secure them. And that's when it like unravels and f- you find out that no one really owns the game. And then, uh, <coughs> I forget his last name, but Alexi, the guy who actually programmed it.
2: Then there's a car chase.
0: Yeah. So he actually made it in like, um, like C programming. So like the original version of Tetris was just made out of like keyboard symbols. Hmm. Um, So he's the original programmer. And while he's there, Hank's like, Hey, what if you uh got something special for deleting four lines at a time? And he's just like, I never even thought of that. That's great. So they improve the game a little bit. And then it's like just negotiations with like, cause the company he works for, El- Elorg, you know, it's, it's an electronic uh gaming company for the government. So he has to go through all these people. Um, and then they just kind of, you know, the, the British media companies saying like, we'll give you a million dollars for it. Um, but you don't get any residuals. And Hank's like, dude, I can go to Nintendo and get you five million dollars and a dollar for every game they sell. Um, but the, uh, like the KGB is involved. And so they're like, no, you're going to make the, like the deal with the British media company because we're going to get bribes from it. So. Hmm. there's all this play of like threatening his family and threatening Hank's family. Uh, so that they can get bribes instead of like selling it to the better deal. And meanwhile, the people at a are like, we, we need like, we get more money from the good deal. Like that helps our country. Um, and then like, meanwhile, Gorbachev is in there and he's like, you know, we're kind of changing to capitalism. So this whole back deal thing needs to stop. Um, so yeah, there's always like, things mm. in play and um yeah it's it's kinda of fun but it is kind of silly at points where you're like they really amped it up to <laughs> make a movie about people talking about contracts way more interesting. So and they have like there's a lot of like it's not really eight bit, but it's like that modern eight bit uh graphics over a lot of things. Like in the car yeah. chase when cars crash into each other they do like this filter over it where it comes pixelated for a second. Um That's fun. And there's, like, loading screens to different parts of the movie. Like, yeah, you're, player one, Hank Rogers, you know, type stuff. So, yeah. Lean
2: into it, you know.
0: It's cool. And they definitely blew their budget on, like, the uh, Russian cityscapes. Like, um, towards the end, during the car trace, they cut away to Gorbachev giving a speech. And so, they have, like, tanks rolling in the street. And they're clearly all CGI. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's no way they could afford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All those and those tanks and, let him film and, like Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, mean, I
2: do not any money, so fuck them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that that was fun. Nice. What'd you watch?
2: Um, I watched the uh well it's not the it's Boston Strangler, which is on uh Hulu. Um it starts Kira Knightley as a reporter named Loretta McLaughlin, and she works for something Republic newspaper, and she is the lifestyle lady, so she reviews toasters and things like that. Um, But she wants to... uh, She recognizes this pattern of killings of people in the Boston area, and she thinks they're linked, and she wants a chance to report on it. But her boss, Chris Cooper, is like, you're a woman. You don't belong on the streets reporting crime. We have a crime bureau desk. And she's saying, Hey, I can do this. And he says, Fine, but you do it on your own time. I'm not going to pay a woman to do a man's job. <laughs> and uh so when she does this, she starts kind of uh cracking the case with um uh, another female reporter Uh, there named uh, Jean, and it's a really like the movie (laughs) it's just too on the nose of a woman trying to make it in a man's world and you know there's there's just too many cliches at the beginning her husband is super supportive and then um, towards the end she can't pick up the kids from school because she got this lead on uh, one of the killings And he goes, so now you're just going to run off whenever the phone rings? Literally line in the movie. Um, So I think if the script was a little tighter, um, it would be better because the actors are all really good. It's shot really well. Um, It has enough intrigue. I mean, the real story has enough intrigue in it anyways that it's by itself fascinating. Um, (laughs) The the only (laughs) bummer is it kind of Undermines her whole investigation. Um, where the so the Boston Strangler people actually believe that is more than one person, um, because that's a lot of stuff. But, anyways, so she's for certain it's this like douchey Cambridge college student, and uh, there's a lot of red herrings, and the convicted. Boston Strangler is this guy named Albert DeSalvio, who is a real person. He's set up as the patsy according to the story, and the whole film plays out that way. Albert DeSalvo dies before he can be interviewed by Loretta, and um, then the movie ends. And the movie does say this, but they actually linked that uh, Desalvo guy to a couple of the murders through DNA, so he really was the Boston Strangler, even though the whole movie is this <laughs> woman investigating that it's not him. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but what it does bring to light it the, the good what she really did do, and even though he was and there was possibly other ones attributed to the murders, other people, um, it was kind of largely being ignored, and she brought it to the forefront and got the police to actually uh, step up and do something about it. Um, because, uh, yeah, back then, it, it, the sometimes the police weren't as proactive as they needed to be. So she did do that, and, and then it's also at the end said, and her husband left her. I'm like, damn, fuck.
0: <laughs>
2: this, this lady's like busting her ass to be a legitimate reporter, and uh, her story ended up being not 100% true, and her husband left her. <laughs> but it's well made. Uh,
0: I think the real she, takeaway is that a man is the killer. and <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <Man> <laughs> I mean, just awful. Yeah, I mean, she did bring to light the story, and it got the whole city and the nation paying attention to what was happening to women in Boston. Because his M.O. was he would say that he was a repairman or he was maintenance for the apartments these women were living in, and then he would sexually assault them and strangle them to death. So um it made people more aware, and women stopped letting strangers into their apartments so definitely uh she was proactive in that way and brought to light something that the rest of the city was ignoring um so yeah it was it's so it is well made just i could do without the like heavy-handed uh feminism stuff which you don't need it because she's already making a difference you know what i mean
0: you know yeah. you
2: don't need Chris Coon, uh, Chris Coon's, Chris Cooper's, um, that's, uh, the other actress, her name's Carrie Coon. Um, the, so Chris Cooper's character, I don't need his line of women belong in the lifestyle section. (laughs) I get it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of cliches, uh, Tetris has a lot of that where it's like at one point in the movie, uh, Tarrant Eggert or Hank Rogers and, uh, Alexi, like, Hank Rogers is, is trying to warm up to him, like be his friend and like Alexi's, you know, like he'll say, no, I don't do American emotion. Like when he tries <laughs> to hug him and stuff. It's just like, and then by the end, um, you know, he's like, is it time for American emotion? Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's like a subplot where Hank, you know, because he's, he's jet setting around the world. He's constantly missing his daughter's, uh, like singing recital. So he'll often come home and be like, be upset. And, uh, she'd be like, daddy, you missed my, my singing competition. And it'd be like, are you kidding me? Like I'm trying to make a, a life for our family. And <laughs> yeah, just like that cliche thing, but how he resolves yeah. that is actually pretty sweet. But, um, yeah, as you're watching, you're just like, Oh my God, this thing again, like,
2: yeah. And it's, I, it's not that it, I'm sure it happened to this woman. Um, but to vocalize. It is not necessary, and it just really takes you out of a film about a serial killer and this woman exposing uh, the police's inability to solve the crime and the reluctance of the newspaper to treat her seriously. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yes, yeah, like they I have don't... confidence in the audience. Like, are you getting it? Do you get it? Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. It's, it's, I understand her plight, and Kira Knightley is really good in this role, and she doesn't need Chris Cooper to say – you're, you're a woman get back to reviewing toasters. (laughs) You know, I get it.
0: It's like in the edit. Someone was like, I'm not sure the audience understands what she's going through. Can we make it a little clearer?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's really because there's no way it's not like Kellen is flipping through Hulu. And it's like, Oh, the Boston Strangler, (laughs) I need this. explained to me why she can't be on the crime beat. Like, We get it. It was the 1960s, and it was sexist and racist. I get it. (laughs) I don't need it explained to me. Anyways. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's not bad for a Hulu movie. Cool. Uh, Next week, we are seeing Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which is surprisingly... Fresh with a ninety percent approval rating, with like a hundred reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so it's one of those movies. I saw the trailer. I'm like, this looks pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and now that it just, uh, I was reading that it blew people away at uh, South by Southwest of how like really cool the movie is.
0: I mean, they've only got uh, everywhere to everywhere to go, uh, but up or dat? What? So what am I trying to say? They really had the bottom is so low, uh, considering the uh, the other Dungeons and Dragon dragons movies. So, which I saw clips of recently, uh, because people were resharing it, and wow, yeah, Um, (laughs) as bad as I remember. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because the I get the same vibe from the Dungeons and Dragons trailer as I do from the Shazam: Fear the Gods trailer. Yeah, exactly. it's, It's a lot of like people punching CGI monsters. So it's interesting that uh, this one is so. Already so well regarded compared to Shazam, so we'll see. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, um, yeah, I. Th- I mean, I think it looks fun, and I'm I'm always down with like people fighting dragons for some reason. That that, that really appeals to
0: the young part of me. I guess we uh, need to do a psyche val on you and see why that is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. What do dragons <laughs> represent? So, yeah, it's – uh, yeah, I'm excited. I- I'm always down to see fun movies. And I'm doing the Super Mario Brothers uh movie party on Sunday.
0: Oh, are you? Uh, I am.
2: <laughs> Which I don't think it's something you want to go to, Brad. It's a family movie party with a lot of kids.
0: Oh, gross. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I was reading you get to make your own coin box and – um huh? <laughs> Yeah. And you get mustaches and a Mario hat. So <laughs> –
0: Huh. Is that the Sunday before it comes out on Thursday? Uh, no,
2: it's the Sunday after it comes out. Mm. So let me, let, let me see what my tickets say. I'm pretty sure it's the 8th or something.
0: So you paid full price for it. You didn't wait for your, um,
2: no, I, that's, oh yeah, Sunday the 9th. Um, so I couldn't because I'm already, I think I'm in row two, a uh, uh, row three and Laura wanted to come. <laughs> And so I was like, "Man, I need to get three tickets because I'm pretty sure it is either close to selling out or might be sold out by now." Um, let me just check.
0: It's Easter Sunday, so that'll be fun. Is that East? Oh shit!
2: I'm supposed, to, <laughs> I I'm supposed to. Damn it! I might have to refund those. I think I'm supposed to have brunch with my in-laws.
0: Ah, uh, sucker!
2: Son of a bitch! <laughs> Isn't that really Easter Sunday?
0: It is. The 9th. So Google Calendar is telling me Easter Sunday. Fuck. (laughs) Email
2: my wife.
0: (laughs) I'm going to watch it Thursday night with uh, myself and then probably some random couple two rows behind me. (laughs) Every screening I go to.
2: I think we're having a brunch, so if it's, I hope it's like at one or two. Damn it! I want to give those up. I want to. I want my own Mario hat.
0: I have to tell you, (laughs) can't can't move Easter. Why
2: couldn't he rise on a different day?
0: (laughs) Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) It's also telling me there's an Easter Monday, so I'm like, really? Now they got two days for Easter.
2: Well, I mean, coming back to life is hard work, bro.
0: Christianity is out of control. Christmas (laughs) is two months now, and Easter's two days. (laughs) Sick of it.
2: Cool. Well, thanks, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully I'll be
0: better by the next time we do this.
2: Yeah, and hopefully we'll see you at the movies. Bye. A real
0: nerd knows you shot a real nerd.
2: Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.